we are in the midst of a series that we're kind of threading through this year, this season, and it is how to surf the Tao. We're looking at lessons from the Tao Te Ching that can help us get our bearings in a world that's sometimes feeling like it's out of control, sometimes in our lives we feel like we maybe are out of control, but it's especially geared for those of us who have been in situations with relationships or religions or ideological groups that have kept us confined. And as we try to break free from some of these misguided ways of thinking, unhelpful ways of living, and we start to turn towards an idea of what we want to be doing, we sometimes find frustration. We turn our attention maybe away from our past regrets and resentments, and we look forward to some day when we find enlightenment, or we find uh, that we've arrived and that we're constantly living in the bliss of some kind of spiritual euphoria, and that we don't always feel that, actually. How can we put these ideas from the Tao Te Ching into practice so that we can have what we've been talking about for three seasons? A deep peace upon peace. This is Lesson 10. We're calling it Breathe. Hello, Stacy. Hello. I really enjoyed a meeting we had with a student, and she was talking about trying to figure out her life. Yeah. Yeah. I always like it when people ask for a meeting with us, and, and it's not <laughs> catastrophic, but it's beautiful. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't about, like, you know, should I be breaking up with this, you know, terrible boy- boyfriend Which or anything Which we are like very that, happy to know? help with as well. Um, but on a Friday, it wasn't hard. It was elevating right and i think um you know it's one of those things where you know i was kind of on it because it was a delightful conversation and you know i was kind of wrestling i was wondering like not sure exactly um you know what i think you know what she was asking from us right but i think part of it is and i know i mean i think she maybe maybe just encouragement to because what she knows you know is probably the right way might be the hard way for her um but the other the other thought is sometimes when you're about to kind of approach life in a different way if you say it then it holds you accountable yeah in a way rather than it just you you almost need somebody you have to tell somebody to like you know that you're going to be free and we sometimes you know accountability partners like that is kind of played that way you know in, in certain roles in the church but i do think that there is something about speaking what is in your mind and 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 how you want to approach life that it adds a little bit more of uh, you know, like even just we're coming up, obviously, with Ash Wednesday coming up. Right? Yes. And Lent. Yes. And the- this is a great year. If you don't care about the the liturgical calendar, the church calendar, this is my favorite, if you will, <laughs> because it's the closest to like the fire sermon. It's the closest to a, a kind of Buddhist practice that says all of these things will wither one day. Can you come to terms with that? Right. I mean, if there's ever been a Tao holiday... A, a a meditative holiday for the death doula. And definitely a death doula <laughs> holiday for sure, you know. Reflecting on our mortality. The fact that we, you know, 
we're going to return to ashes, right? That From dust you come and to dust you shall return is a pretty Christian thing. We see people walking around with the little black crosses on their heads. Yeah. But that transcends just the Christian boundaries, that spiritual practice of, of facing it, mm-hmm. facing and being aware of our temporariness. Yeah. You know, and it's one thing, you know, there's a lot of times in the circles that we've traveled in that there is a, a sense where some people, um, people go two different ways. Some people do give up something for Lent and then other people are almost totally against it in a way because they, they worry about the, the virtue signaling part of it. Yes. You know, the virtue signaling part of whether you got your cross or not on your mm. forehead, right? Or are and, you not eating meat Right. you're not supposed to? You know, so are you are you proving are you proving something during this time? And and I, the, you know, if you are trying to prove something, then you know what? <laughs> maybe maybe don't <laughs> maybe don't give up anything for Lent, right? But if there is a time sometimes to take that spot and to to breathe to find a like a stillness or something like so, when you kind of go about your life automatically, and sometimes you know we incorporate you know, certain, certain habits or things or whatever. And when we have to stop and think about it, uh, rather than just go through life automatically, it causes us to maybe just take a second. And then, you know, like even sometimes like even just like, how much am I craving? You know, if it's like, (laughs) you know, the pastas or the bread or something like that, if, if that was what I was giving up, you know, and then all of a sudden your mind goes to the automatic and you have to stop for a second and say, huh, I guess I shouldn't be grabbing this piece of, of bread for toast quick in the morning here. I'm going to have a piece of fruit instead. There's that piece of it where it just causes you to break out of a routine that you may not have realized you've gotten yourself into. Now, yeah. you can have that back at the end of it, you know, whatever it is that you give up. But I think that that... that it's a practice. That pausing. It's a Christian version of mindfulness. Right. Lent. Right. Where you 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 are aware even of the things that you want that aren't good for you, but you have to do it if you want to do it right in a, in a Tao way, in a, in a grace way, in a Jesus way, not in a legalistic or burdensome way. It's an invitation. It's an invitation to look at it without judging. Yeah. Right. And yes. And, and the cravings, right? The cravings. And, and then what does that teach you about your body and how have, you know, how is it that we so often get into these automatic pilot zones of comfort of whatever it is right Right. that we appeal to and sometimes those become our safety blankets and sometimes those are the things that keep us from actually wrestling with what actually is deeper down you know getting at why am i craving this sweet right now or Mm. this salty thing right now where is my diet off or something you know what i'm saying like there's these pieces of it that it gets you to be more in tune with your body recognizing that you maybe have a craving Mm. for something and that's the whole game that's what we're trying to get people to do get to a place of awareness to a confrontation of their true selves not in a confrontational manner but just standing there and being able to face it right it is also, I would argue, taking us back to this young woman who was we were talking with on Friday, uh, the student, looking at life, life in, a ter- in terms of freedom, and how far can she go? How far can she travel and not get lost? What is the plan? What is the divine will for this student? And 
as I usually do, I talked too much. <laughs> but ultimately, that's how I get places. I, I talk things through. Well, you're I, an external processor. I'm an external processor. But I, I do think that there's only one prayer word that I prescribed. Mm-hmm. But then after I prescribed it for her, I said, you know what? I think I'll take that for us and for the listeners if you want to borrow it. It is, the, it is a term that is found throughout the Hebrew Bible. It's a term that uh, Leonard Cohen brings out in his last real album. Yeah. I'm ready, my lord. Hineni, Hineni, I'm ready, my lord. Hineni, Hineni. Hineni is here I am. And what I was saying is instead of being always worried about now how if I live in the Tao I should live 10 years from now. What that, well, yeah, what will that look like or how am I going to get there, right? This morning when I wake up, my prayer is I'm ready. Here I am. Right. I am present. Now I will respond. And that go- coincides very to nicely. <laughs> also to, you know, when we mentioned our intention for this year is the year of the flow. Yeah. Right. And how do you flow? So how do you flow? You've got to pay attention. Right. To the water, to the flow. <laughs> well, and, and yeah, and, and, and not always trying so rather than trying sort of with with sheer will will and determination i'm gonna flow to get ourselves you know to wherever this spot is in the future goals are important and in a general direction and heading in that way with small steps each day Mm -hmm. you know like you know when you look at your day is this something that's going to get me you know closer to my goal is this something that you know i should be investing my time effort and energy into or is this something that's going to detract me from you know what i should do and, and wear me out and maybe you know, un, you know, my battery will get depleted, not recharged. Right. Uh, there are some of those things where we have choices in our life to cut out the pieces that aren't going to be, um, you know, that. Well, they're not allowing us to flow. They yeah. get their obstructions. Exactly. Flow. But so, so I think we were even dangerously close to doing it this way, which was the year of the flow is something we have to stay in. We have to stay in this euphoric state. We have to stay in this spiritually positive state. And we can't experience our frustrations and our well, that's pains. What, that's what you, we think it is. Sometimes when we think about the flow. But what we're saying to you, dear listener, and this is, the, this is our lesson, I think, from the Tao Te Ching, is that through practice, we can experience and learn to habituate ourselves to experience, experiencing and, uh, and knowing and perceiving the holiness of our immediate moment and being able to see that even when there's physical pain or defeat or sorrow or grief or whatever those things are, instead of trying to get to some one state, we're able to just observe this state. And in the Christian contemplative tradition, this is silent prayer, but this is also mindfulness. And this is what Stacy does with yin yoga. It's, Tapping back into your groundedness in your body. Right. We, you know, we have, we have bodies that we often, you know, sometimes take for granted and we're going in that automatic pilot. We have our thoughts and our feelings that just run, you know, run amok often, right? There's these videos that just play over and over again in our minds that can take us way off course. And when, you know, when we stop for a second and quiet all that noise down, 
you know, find stillness in their body and then just quite, there's so many times when, you know, I, I would think that when I was going to be prayerful or, you know, in that state that it would just be me kind of listing off a whole bunch of things that I am asking from God, you know, right? I, you know, God, can you help me with this? And I need this. And, you know, and, and of course I would throw in some, you know, thank you for this. Thank you for my family right. and all this or whatever. But the real meat of it really was me just like, begging for certain things right Mm. and i realized that that you know there's a there's a place and i'm not saying we don't ask but i am saying that there's also what i didn't understand is the stopping and and the listening and and sometimes even just when you're not so wrapped up in your own head and world and concerns and everything it's just you see what's going on in the world around you so you can respond accordingly. Mm-hmm. You know, one example was when we were there uh, camping um, and we're out there by the Lake Mojave. The river was being basically drained on purpose. Yep. And really so low. some one guy said he saw how he was watching that it was going down a foot, two feet. Wait a minute. I better get my watercraft out of the water. And he did. And he, you know, didn't have trouble. There's other people, they're out playing, not paying attention to the signs of the, the water draining. And then they got really stuck. They got three vehicles stuck in just almost like quicksand, like mud, just trying to get their watercraft out. And they had to get three vehicles towed out from AAA you know, right. or whatever. In a pretty remote spot. <laughs> in yeah. a very remote spot that took them, I would say, like four hours, right? Um, yeah. So the one guy quietly watched the sunset. As he already had his gear all hooked up and back out, you know, right. and drove off, you know, right before it got dark. And the other people were there to almost midnight just trying to get their vehicles out. And so my point is, is by being aware of, you know, just the surroundings and what's going on, it caused that one gentleman to lose or to gain back four hours of his life doing other things. Now, look, what we've done, baby. We're talking a lot about it. <laughs> but what we're really talking about is not talking. And that's OK. That's part of the fun. But what we're advising ourselves and others is something we're going to try for Lent. So Stacy and I, we're going to try to get 30 minutes minimum in our day for absolute stillness and silent reflection. I don't know if reflection is the word, because in some ways, when we say reflection, we mean awareness yeah. of what's going on in our minds and so forth. And we've started this a little bit, and, and I just want to say one example of it, if I may. Uh, how it can be valuable. Mm-hmm. I was I was sitting there trying to sit in that stillness and prayer, and uh, you, Stacy, were trying to have your vitamins. And when you would, <laughs> I think you might have. Did I mention this? Already. Yeah, I'm not sure, but maybe on maybe maybe uh, New Year's or something. But as you were trying to take the vitamins, and I, I was getting irritated. I was kind of getting irritated that you were getting irritated by having to swallow the vitamins. I was kind of angry at you. I wasn't irritated. I was struggling to well, yeah. keep them down. Well, right, but I'm saying like. But I would know it's psychological. Yeah. But I was struggling to swallow no, each. No, I totally understand. Yeah. Pill and part of it is these ones I take. There's some of them that also they're not um, they're not slippery. They're like more chalky ones. Well, if you're making your own, and they stick and, yeah. and they stick at the back of my my tongue, and then I can't get it, and then it almost makes me gag. Anyway. But your face, what I'm saying is your face, yeah, I struggled. It just, you look like you were frustrated and so forth. And normally, 
my response would be, oh, no, here's some anxiety. Is Stacy going to be mad at me? Or is there, like, you know, there's something disruptive? I just noticed it. And by being able to just have that little bit of, of separation from it and breathing and noticing it and, and noticing what I'm feeling without judgment of me, I was able to then stop judging you and was able to turn towards this idea of compassion saying, oh, no, I love my wife and she's having a hard time swallowing this pill. <laughs> right. right? I mean, that's a very different response from me having a feeling of anger to have me having a feeling of love. Oh, and and I felt it when you said, like, I'm sorry, baby, you're really yeah. struggling there. And that's and a really that helpful thing. Way better than like, why are you doing that? What's happening? How you know? I'm like, I don't know. I can't help it. This is like, uh, this is happening to me <laughs> at yeah. the time. Like, I wasn't in control of it. I couldn't help it, but I was struggling with it. Right. So what we're saying is, if you want to put into practice some of these fundamental principles of Wu Wei, acting without acting, um, preparing for action, even, yeah. uh, but but contemplation, prayer, mindfulness meditation, whatever word you want to use, you need a practice. You don't need a practice to achieve something. We're saying you need it like, ah, like, like breathing, yeah. right? You, you need it. It's good for you and you're going to love it. And we invite you to try it because at least, well, we'll see how it works. Maybe we hate it by the end of, uh, uh, you know, our, our Lent. Yeah. And I know that, you know, and part of it, and part of it is, is that, um, and I know I will struggle with, cause I've, you know, I've already, I, I haven't done this regularly every day, but I have done it from time to time yeah. and, and I really struggle with stillness. I really struggle with just like allowing my body to stop. <laughs> and, I, and I struggle with quiet, obviously. And so <laughs> like, like last night as we were trying this, I was, I was noticing that I had all of these really great insights in 10 minutes of just sitting still. And I desperately wanted to reflect on it to you verbally, <laughs> which is not what I was supposed to do. I was just supposed to say, hang on to that. We'll come back to that. But you need to let this sit. Mm-hmm. Now, let's go to the Tao Te Ching itself because the Tao Te Ching never says do yoga or, or sit zazen. But I think the, the way that you bring this teaching into your life is through a practice, is through right. – walking and is through there's and there's different ways i mean swimming. it couldn't it could even be martial arts some you know like there's various ways to practice this as it, the movie soul said <laughs> you can get into the zone mm-hmm. well we could say could be get into the flow through a variety of things dancing music, music. jazz whatever right so that's that's kind of the that's kind of the thing but but please consider doing yourself a favor and uh tasting the deliciousness this lent of having that space and letting it open you up to something. Because for me, when I was in the desert, I prayed Hineni one time. And I will tell you, friends, it's dangerous <laughs> because you'll you'll find an answer. If you really pray with sincerity, Hineni, I'm ready, I'm here. God shows up. Whatever that means to you, reality shows up. Are you ready for it? That's the hard part. Yeah. But if you can, so many things get unlocked. And in many ways, we were talking as we were walking down the road. Sin. What do you think sin is? Remember what we were talking about? Yeah. I mean, sin is when I, mean, I, I guess I, I, see, I see the budding of it so easily when um, people are denying their what's 
like any truth that they know deep down inside, you know? So whether it's not facing reality, yeah, not facing the reality of whether it is the hurt that has been done to you, the hurt that you've caused others, anything, um, any piece where you feel like you have to push something down, something that is authentic to you, right? Right. And you have to ignore it and pretend like it doesn't exist. And the reason that, that that's a problem, you're denying, you're denying the truth. You're denying reality. And that does not sit well with us because our bodies know and our minds know something is off. They revolt. That somehow that there's this uneasiness and then it's when you're when you're acting out from that way, that's when, you know, there's the, the temptation to be outside of integrity, which also is another thing that, you know, when you feel like you aren't authentic or don't have your integrity, like that ruins you. Like it, it can really eat at your soul. You can see it on the furrowed brows of many of our brothers and sisters in this land. Yeah. So, Stacy, read 26, if you yes. will, chapter 26, to get us going. We've got a few here. We'll start kicking into gear. Chapter 26. Since our bodies feel gravity, we are elated when we learn to float. In stillness, we channel passion. The sage explores all day without forgetting where her base camp is. When she travels past the world's marvels, she doesn't frantically run about taking selfies. When a leader with heavy responsibilities lacks gravitas, they soon become unmoored. When we become flighty, we lose our grip on the momentous tasks at hand. If we let impatience reign in our lives, we will surely lose the reins of our lives. Thank you. What do you see here? Well, let me start up from the top. That when it says, since our, our bodies feel gravity, we are elated when we learn to float. There's, there's a weird way in which, um, and I know like with Yin and you're there and you are able to just sort of let the full gravity just be there on you as you're laying there either, you know, on, on your mat or in our case, our blanket. Or like, I like when you give us something where we use use gravity to stretch our lower back right you know like through a forward bend or yeah, it's like a dangle yeah or using gravity with a, a little a little block underneath my uh, sacrum as i'm on my back and i that's my favorite beautiful beautiful feeling of just unleashing all of the sadness in my lower back i am not doing anything i'm letting gravity pull my body into this place of open openness. There's a way in which though, yes, and 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 I agree and 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 sometimes even when you're just flat on the ground. Yeah. There's a way in which it, it feels like the whole floor like you're so grounded that the whole floor can sometimes almost like it's it's there to it's got you, but then now you can like it disappears from you and that there's a way in which it's like you're now floating for a lack of better what term like in, I in, feel like I've I start that lifting up almost like right. I, like it, it's by getting that grounded feeling I start to have an out of body experience right. it is a very strange paradox it is but without it 
Mm-hmm. You know, if I just get drunk off of champagne, I enjoy that. And I always say that I feel high, but that's not as high of a high right. as laying on my back that's, looking under the stars. That's escapism. Yeah. You know, and, and there's sometimes times for celebration and fun. And, oh, yeah. You know, it, and we it, let, let our guard down. That's a different thing. Um, the other thing I would say, so... In this whole, we, we talk about floating, and then this whole, like, the sage explores all day without forgetting where her base camp is. And I that piece, too, is important because it is when I come to that stillness, when I center myself. And, you know, sometimes I even, I've gotten out of the habit, but I, I, I literally set a timer, and it's like, okay, time to check in with my body right now. Am I tensing up in my shoulders? Am I, you know, what am I doing? And, and it's that taking a, a moment and then breathing a few times and taking inventory of my body that it allows me again to center myself and then come back to like, okay, where's your base camp? Where's your, you know, where's your head, Stacey? You know, are we, am I getting frantically involved in all of, you know, the messiness of life or can I pull out of it for a second? You know, whatever I might be in, I'm like, okay, I am loved, <laughs> Right. you know, I have value. I, you know, for whatever the world is maybe telling me all around me that there is no love, you know, I have no value and I don't know how I'm going to get through this. It's a time where I take that time and, and once again say, okay, I am loved. Compassionately. I have value. <laughs> but I would also say sometimes for me, and I know what you're saying, but sometimes for me, part of what this is saying is don't even say those things to yourself, just let your heart feel it. Of course. Right, yeah. right. Like, so like for me, I sometimes say, okay, relax. Um, don't be so hard on yourself. Like I'm talking to myself. Yes. So what I need to do is what Stacy said, friends, without thinking those words like verbally. Now, it's okay if I do, but the idea is to say. Sometimes those words help you. Oh, yeah. At yeah, first. Yes. To then get there without the words. Yes. And that's Especially what they, if you need to hear what they talk about, you, yeah. you know, with, with contemplative prayer. Mm. You know, you have a word that becomes your refuge, your safe yes. place. Take you back. Until you, and you hold on to that until mm. just going to that place is synonymous with all of that. But you can only ever get there by figuring out and staying grounded to that base camp. What right. is, who is your true right. self? What, you know, what is that base camp? But friends, this is why if it sounds like we're talking like in these abstractions, we're saying that you really ought to consider a very concrete and steady mindfulness practice so that you can you can face all the things that come your way, whether they be manipulative people, culty behaviors in your life, bullies at work, cliques in your friend group, whatever the thing is that's that's hanging you up, by having that place of stillness at your spiritual base camp is what we're trying to say here. Then you can go hiking and when things get rough, you just, you get back down and you're grounding. I mean, even to the extent that if you're finding yourself in a panic mode, either really in an anxiety attack or more figuratively, just feeling overwhelmed and flustered, taking a beat, going back to that place where your mind says, I know this place. Mm-hmm. I know this place. Mm-hmm. This is my safety place. This is my place of unconditional love where I can cry out, Hanani, I'm ready. Sometimes we don't feel ready, so get down and settle in. And one of the things that any tradition has almost, well, I would say almost all the traditions have that gives us that grounding uh, is some kind of posture or seating or 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 whatever. I mean, like the Muslims are basically kind of doing uh, a happy baby for part of it with Mm -hmm. the prayer, with the, um, uh, not a happy baby, with a... uh, um, 
child's pose. Yeah, I was going to say, I, right, right, I couldn't right. imagine the happy baby but part. You're, but you're feeling, you know, you got your head on the, uh, I've never done it, but like you get your head on a, a rug. I've been in that same kind of posture mm-hmm. and there's something important about that. There's something important about an Episcopalian kneeler, you know, um, in a cathedral uh, or f- for like Zen Buddhism, it's really important. They They want you to feel like stable and grounded Mm -hmm. you know like you Mm -hmm. feel firm on the ground and whatever it is Mm -hmm. and then for you stacy of course a lot of people and like sarah condon the episcopal uh priest who was saying she doesn't do yoga but she did try savasana aka Mm -hmm. corpse pose Mm -hmm. what all those things are is just physically getting still right so that you can so that you can actually start living in that stillness you actually do have to have some kind of bodily function bodily position it's not a formula though it's not like this is the only way to do it but you've got to be able to to find that for yourself so that you can and and back to when it. you try to do it first a couple of things you're going to notice how unstill your body is mm-hmm. and then another thing is how many thoughts compiling in when you're trying to not have thoughts right the frantically <laughs> running about yes <laughs> and so what ends up happening is 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 that you don't want, again, the point isn't to like not have those thoughts. It's the idea that you know these thoughts are going to come. So recognize them. Realize that they are there. And then, but I'll deal with it later and let them like float by like clouds, right? Until another time. And I think what you end up finding is, is wh- where you truly are worried will pop into your, your mind. And that is a note to self that, huh, I guess I have a lot of stress yeah. about this. You know, and this is why I was so delighted about this conversation with the student on Friday because she told us that she wanted to chat on Wednesday after stretching with Jesus, our Yin practice mm-hmm. on Wednesday nights at, at, in the evenings, um, in, in the cold under the stars, whatever. And after that stillness, she then says, "I think there is something I would like to go after. How I want to live going forward in my future and, and my plans for life after graduation, that sort of thing. So it's not that there's no there's no agency over your future. It's, right. it's precisely the opposite. It's that by taking that space to figure out what your base camp is, then you can then and you, you realize can go out on what mission. track what track am I heading down and is that is that yeah. the ultimate, you know, the where the dire- the direction I want to yeah. go in, right? And we s- we see this when we become flighty, we lose our grip on the momentous tasks at hand. The momentous task at hand is living, yeah. figuring out who you're going to be with in your life, who you're not going to be with in your life, whether you're going to, you know, join something or leave something. And the way to really get this right is patience. Yeah. If we let impatience reign in our lives, we will surely lose the reins of our lives. We have to take a beat too. When you're impatient, <laughs> when you're frantic, you're you're not seeing the whole big picture. You're only seeing a slice of it at that point, and in the judgment, your judgment will be off. And I'll say that one of the things that is so important to us about this is not just so that you can have self help, self help, or you know, be healthier, be less frantic. This is how, precisely how. You can finally get into a state where you're able to assess the unhealthy relationships and cults in your life. And I use cults broadly, right? There are these ideologies, cults, manipulative people in, in communities that we can love and have compassion on. But until you get that space for you, you won't really be able to sort it all out. 
in a way that has clarity. Right. And we're looking for awareness, clarity, insight, mm-hmm. intuition, letting the heart shine light on the things that our heads have spun these really wild ways of getting us to stay in, right? Like our brains can justify the stupid that we're doing. Right. But our hearts and our bodies, if I can use those languages metaphorically, they sometimes will, they were very often not let us do the wrong thing. Right. Right. Cause, or cause we, or we, will, we will feel it and be tortured in the meantime. Yeah. If that's the way we're, you know, keep going. What about 33? Yeah. This one, I, I know we've read it before and I, I really just want to kind of focus on, um, just a really a couple, just a couple points. One of them, it says, understand your true self and you'll be enlightened to confront others is gutsy to confront your true self is heroic. And the next part I do want to highlight in chapter 33, it says, pursue your true calling and you'll be unstoppable. Maintain your integrity and you won't lose heart. Your legacy of love will endure forever. Everything else will turn to ashes. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that stands out with this chapter for me is the, 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 the true self piece of it. And I think that what, I don't know, I'll say what, I, you know, one thing that I long for is to be seen and to be loved. Right. When, when you know me entirely, Jeff. Yes. And you're not going, ooh, that's gross. Right. <laughs> and turning away. It's like, oh, baby, <laughs> I love you. Like, I might be torturing myself, right? Or whatever it is, it might right. be beautiful. But I see you with love and compassion. Right. That's a good space to be in. And so if, and I, and I know that, like, I, when, it's our church upbringing and things like that, it's like, that's an attractive piece when you're not just totally afraid of God is the idea that God knows all of you and God has unconditional love for you. And says yes to you. Right. Says you are my child, child right? Like you are my heir. Metaphorically, this is the big problem that a lot of human beings have struggled with until paternity tests. You're always wondering. Who's my father? Yeah, does my dad think that I'm legitimate or am I a bastard in the universe? So you take that. That's all of us trying to say, are, are, are I... <laughs> All right. Am I loved? Am I somebody who is seen and loved? Now, this, incidentally, is something, if I may, criticize. I don't know if criticize is, is, is something I feel safe about saying related to uh, Ram Das. Ram Das, arguably one of the sweetest men that ever grace this planet mm-hmm. has has helped people face death mm-hmm. really inspired in many ways a lot of the death doula stuff um, that famous line from him all we're doing is just walking each other home mm-hmm. is wonderful one of the things that always made me uncomfortable about him and I've mentioned this briefly on the show like right after he died we talked about it mm-hmm. was that his guru was accused of some sexual harassment mm-hmm. just like Leonard Cohen's Roshi up in Mount Baldy and it's a it's a troubling thing about masters and gurus and pastors right like this is something we are attuned to how is it that such a wise fellow would be so easily brought into the realm 
of his guru. Now, of the things that gurus teach, this guru didn't teach anything all that uh, bad, in fact. Right? I mean, he, he taught love and compassion and, and all of this. And if you think about like truly horrific people that are nothing but evil and sinister, I don't think that was this guy. Right. But but what happened was when Ram Das met his guru, he tells this story. He goes up the mountain not expecting anything. Some friend of his said, "You should come meet this guy." Mm-hmm. And he goes in to meet this guy. Somewhat begrudgingly or yeah. just didn't wasn't really buying he it. He says, "I don't want to join some cult." I mean, right. this is, you know, like I don't know, 60s, 70s. Like, you know, it's it's I don't want to join some cult. And he sees this guy and he looks at Ramdas and he says, "You were thinking about your mother last night." And Ramdas says, "He sees me. He can see into my soul." Now, my my humble criticism is that seems to be kind of a standard type of parlor trick. It just does seem that it could be. This is right? a certain way. You know, Everybody's kind of, worried about their it feels mom. Like, it feels or, like sometimes know. when you get in that reading, you want, you know, you want love. You're for love. Like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm here for, right? Or you're worried about your job. Or, right. you know, there's I, a lot of things. There's very common things. I don't know. Maybe he had supernatural powers. I'm not going to, I don't know. But what I'm saying is that that he said this, the guru, with the eyes of unconditional love and compassion. Right. And it caused in Ram Dass, this is maybe the guru knew what he was doing, knew that it was a trick that would work mm. for waking Ram Dass up or giving him some awareness. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not holding that out. You just don't want to just don't want to take these folks too seriously, friends, right? Like, there can be sometimes value in the symbols, but if you take them too seriously, then well, they could also, be another tool of manipulation. I would also say that somebody that has done a lot of sort of understanding themselves and, you know, where where they haven't been truthful with themselves and then being able to look that in the eye uh, and and then still know that you are you are loved in spite of all that right and yeah. and it's not like then that's when you really can have compassion on other people and you also do see their pain you you know and you start to like when you when some people start acting out with certain behaviors oh yeah if you me- then, if you meditate you'll you start, start to, to be able to have the superpower then of you do, seeing what people are giving right off. yes and so then it's totally. not that far off to say oh yeah you know, like even with Father Trifon whispering in your ear, you know, yeah, that God, like, yeah, he's you know, like, you're so you're too worried about hell. I'm like, what are you talking about? But he knew, he knew that there was, you know, there's yeah. there's an inner struggle there, and you can see it in people. Yeah, and so when then you can look at them in the eye, yes, and then say, I see you, and you're loved, and you're loved unconditionally. Now, th- it's you, it's easy to say it, but if you felt again. Don't even assume that that this it doesn't have to be that it was real. But there was this idea that Ram Das looked into the eyes of another human being, and that other human being saw into him and loved him and still loved him. That is what we all want. And so he was in. 
the minute that he had that experience, he said, okay, I'm in. Then maybe it's a cult. <laughs> Sign me up, you know. Right. And I think he did all right. You know, he, 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 he did all right. And that's why anybody, though, that then uses that as a tool of manipulation obviously never did that's, love yeah, in the first place. Right. And so, or somehow got so twisted eventually, you know, uh, which is also why, again, it's, you don't need, just because somebody does see that and does love you, you still don't want to give them your power, your agency. And that's what's kind of weird about a guru is almost, you are, you think that, oh, I'm going to submit to that now. And this is the answer. It's like, no, no, no. That's the whole point. Yeah. You don't need that dumbbell feather. You don't need. Yeah. (laughs) And, and what I, what I do love and one of the things that, um, and I've, I've developed my own version of it from what Ram Dass has said when he says, uh, if you don't have a guru, I'll let you borrow mine right. until you find your guru. Right. And that is a nice little wink at saying his guru isn't the guru. Right. But I, what I kind of, from my death doula perspective, what I see in that is I believe in you until you believe in yourself. Yeah. And I really do feel that way with so the students that are coming to my yoga yes. class I believe in you <laughs> and I will and I will tell you that all day long until you believe in yourself you know yeah. uh, but hopefully at some point you don't need to hear from somebody else right to somebody else this is you. now let's take it not to the eastern religions let's take it to our own world in in Lutheranism in Lutheranism there is this this rhythm where we confess our sins we try to take inventory we, we we judge without judging or we notice our judgment. We notice how we've been living out of sync right. with the flow. And then we confess and then we receive this this word of forgiveness. Right. That you're loved and you're seen and you know and in that sense we quote need in Lutheranism, you need a preacher to wake you up. You need somebody to say, You are loved, here are comforting words, wake up little little sleeping sleeping chrysalis Mm -hmm. and that is in the truest and purest sense what the christian evangelist is supposed to be somebody who comes and gives a good life-giving word bringing someone from darkness to life death death to flourishing liberation emancipation from mental slavery sometimes we need somebody to say you're free not to live this way or you're loved and you're seen and 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 you don't have to be beating yourself up all the time the downside is that this becomes uh, another addiction. I need the guru or else I can't cope. I need the pastor or else I can't cope. Right. If you get into that kind of setting, it's better, I think, just for you to take a pause and separate yourself out from your religious group because you, you cannot start to just tap into that as your battery. Your battery is in you. Right. And they need to be scrubbing off the headlamp <laughs> And <laughs> so the, you yeah, know, so you so could properly you see the see the, see the yeah, way through, right? Taking the scales from your eyes. This is not heretical if you're a Christian or a Jew or a Muslim. Like this is the mystic reality of true true faith. Right. So I, I'm surprised though you missed the middle set, uh, stanza. Appreciate what you have right in front of you, and you'll realize your abundance because that's. The other thing we were going to call this chapter, we were going to call it You're Here Now. Well, then I guess <laughs> one of the funny things is, is I, well, because there's other pieces, I think maybe some of it 
that maybe was coming through in the other chapters, but it is hilarious because at that point, then I read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. We were going to maybe get rid of this. We're like, oh, we don't need this one. And now we ended up now reading the entire thing. One of the things uh, I, I do want to come back to really with fast the with, self, it, with the, yep. so you're well, no, but yourself. with the judging part um, yeah. is that often, uh, you know, when, so when we are confronting our true self, when we realize that the way in which we, we judge ourselves or that our judgments come in period. Right. And then kind of try to figure out what, you know, what does that say about myself or, or I guess part of it is, is if you don't do that, then you're going to turn that externally out and throw your judgment out on other people. Yeah. And it's all going to seem like it is well-meaning because it's to help fix them. Right. right. You see where they're off. And we want to make sure that they aren't off track, right? Right. And yet, then I think that the problem with that is, is then again, when you are trying to fix people, they see your judgment in them that I am a problem that needs to be fixed now. And that turns people away instead of actually, if somebody loves you and shows that love to you, then it makes you want to be a better person. So that flows out of a space of love, not ever at a space of judgment. The space of judgment, it's like, okay, great, pile on more. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've got lots of problems and, and apparently now you're making your life mission fixing some of my problems. I don't know, that doesn't feel good. No. It never feels right and it never actually produces, I think, any change, real change that you want in other people. Right. Is that something to do with codependency? Maybe there, well, codependency. I mean, think about this for a second. Well, codependency is somebody else needing you, but you needing to be needed. Yeah, you, you need to be needed. But neither right? of you are complete in your own okayness, right? And so you're not whole, right? Yeah. And and so the yes, because the person, e- each person needs to figure out how to how to be a whole person without yeah. the other person being what they need, the crutch that they need to feel whole, period. And as long as you need other people to fill that, even though there's a way in which we do complement each other, there is there is a need for us to get completed by somebody else. That's That's dangerous. Very dangerous. When you're looking to other people to complete you, and you'll also be annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, you will be annoying as well as you're never going to find it in them. Yeah. You know, they can't compliment you enough. Yeah. They can't be there to catch all your falls enough. Like yep. whatever it is. They'll let you down. Whatever it is. And then and then what are you left with? You, you feel like your self-worth has been diminished when they aren't there to lift you up or provide what you what you need right and i think that that honestly is one of um one of the most difficult parts i'm just going to like back up for a second just thinking about this when i especially at the time of raising um our, our children right and i am in like mostly homeland in just the house and being with the kids and not having right. adult conversation right uh I would often, because like that was my world, then I needed sometimes you to then be any other piece, everything else to me, because that was like, that was my world. After 14 hours of (laughs) graduate research or work or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) Right. That I, you know, I needed, I needed you to then, I don't know, help 
you know, whatever, tell me that when I, that I'm appreciated, that I'm beautiful, whatever this stuff is, because I don't feel it myself, right? And I wasn't taking care of myself, then I would rely on, on you to do that, which is not healthy for the relationship. And you also would feel like that's not a fun place to come back to. No. Right. Friends, what I want to do is I want to just ask if you want to if you want to just play along for a second here a little experiment here and see if you like it um get situated sit yourself some, somewhere you know you can get all funky in your uh, lotus position you can just sit in a chair what else would you say stacy you want to um well I, if you're sitting your in back. a chair i would definitely say make sure your feet um your soles of your feet are flat on the ground that you're grounding Grounded. yourself the music that you're listening to, by the way, is Landon Mills. Landon has so delightfully agreed to join us every Wednesday. He does the live music to your um, right. practice. Mm-hmm. And he also uh, is collaborating with us to create some of this music that we'll be using for a variety of things, including maybe some readings of the Tao Te Ching for the purpose of just kind of reflecting and sitting. So, so if you're... So again, if you're sitting in a chair, your feet are grounded. Uh, if you are sitting with your legs crossed, just find a nice, stable platform, which you feel, you know, that you can sit there for a little while. And even if it starts to get uncomfortable, that's kind of part of it, right? And Just pay attention to that. But for your, your upper back, um, your spine, you want your spine straight up, your head you know, reaching towards the sky, that idea a but little not bit. Not straining too much. No, not straining too much. And slightly tuck your chin under so that you can like look out at say a 45 degree angle. So you're like a little bit like past your nose down to the ground with soft eyes, not scrunching hard eyes, but soft eyes. And then once you kind of get settled in, kind of sit there for a second, try it out. Make sure you're not overly straining anywhere. Just sort of take inventory. And then I'd suggest just take a nice deep breath. Nice deep breath in. And then exhale it all out. Now, friends, if you just do this without us yakking in your ear, it'll be so much better. If every time when you're sitting there and you realize, ooh, my shoulder hurts, don't judge it. Just take a nice deep breath. Think about that poor shoulder that worked so hard for you and breathe mercy into and it. breathe mercy into it breathe love and then exhale that all out there's nothing that you need to figure out in this you just need to be present if you need to say something you could say hanani but but what i'd like you to do is you're just sitting and, and feeling your body and breathing just listen to these words from chapter 36 of the Tao Te Ching as Stacy reads them. If you want to exhale, first take a deep breath. If you want to relax, first tense your muscles. If you want to clear your mind, first notice your frantic thoughts. If you want to receive, first give. This is how to perceive the light that's hidden amid the shadows.
flexibility can overcome rigidity and gentleness can conquer force. Now, friends, you can just stay right there. <laughs> just stay right there. You could pause us, come back later if you're liking it. But part of what this is, too, is this idea, um, the the uh, willows held by the the statues of the goddess Guanyin or Kanon in Japan um, were always interesting to me, partly because in Japan, after the persecution of Christians... There was coded um, Mary statues. Basically, Mary was transformed into a kind of Guanyin-looking statue with some little iconographic hints that this was Mother Mary with a baby or something. But um, So I've always been kind of interested in each of the statues, if I'm in Japan or in China or Hong Kong or wherever mm-hmm. we are, if we see, like, if we see some, this, this, this deity... What what is she holding? What's she doing? Is there a baby there? Whatever. And uh, sometimes you'll see that she's got this willow branch. Mm. And I always thought, now that's kind of interesting because that, that's symbolic of that flexibility. The rigid branch is brittle and breaks. So this is not to be resilient. This is not to be wishy-washy. But it is in this concept we're ha- having of the flow. It's the flow in and out of the tides that are in your own self. Your breath, the reason the breath is there for the kind of focal point for what we're talking about isn't that there's something magical about breathing. There's lots of things that we do in our bodies. But this breathing is so interesting because it is one of the few things in our bodies that is either voluntary or involuntary. Right. You know, our heartbeat, we don't really have the ability to do much about it. We We can affect it. We can do things to affect our heart rate, but we can't just say speed up, slow down in the same way we can hyperventilate on purpose right. if we want. Right. So the breath is kind of symbolic of all sorts of things. The, f- the flow just flows. So if you just sit and be attentive to it, the reason focusing on your breath is it forces you to start to feel like you are this door swinging in and out. And what's the swinging about? It's the spirit coming in and out of you, mm. <laughs> if, if you may, uh, kind of use that way of thinking about it. And in so doing, you are flowing almost like sometimes when you see when we're when we're snorkeling, say in La Jolla, the 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 waves come and you see the grasses just go blowing this way and that way, and then the little fishies. I love those little fishies that are very Dow fishies. Mm-hmm. They're going flow this way and that way, and it's one of my favorite things to do is just just kind of float there. We should do this again soon. You float there with your snorkel, and you don't have to paddle at all because when you're snorkeling, your breath just kind of buoys you up and so you just sit there and we see these garibaldis these bright orange dow fish (laughs) when i say this is for us we love the color orange in the sunsets and this beautiful sunset garibaldi fish and the little garibaldi fish is just flowing with all of us and we all go together this way and that way yeah (laughs) you know it breathes in and out and that flexibility is what keeps you from banging yourself up against these rocks yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. not like scrambling over the rocks because what you want to do sometimes is you get nervous and you climb up onto the reef and then you get scraped up. Yeah. Because it's going to come and we th- pull you. Yeah. We back thought away. we were we thought yeah. we were finding some some grounding, but we just needed to be 
with the water. Yeah. Be in the water that we're in. And I think the other thing too is is there's with the flexibility there's also that piece that you know, be open to what you might actually need rather than sometimes we keep we're dedicated to going down a certain path mm-hmm. and it's just not actually getting us to our goal. Right. right. Well then consider another path but sometimes like sometimes when we think that it's not something's not working we we double down and try harder right right. and i don't think that's the answer either it is not (laughs) (laughs) um and and also one more thing just just for fun since we were you know talking about certain Mm. techniques and stuff um when it comes to breathing the inhale and the exhale that when you feel that you've been a little stressed out and you need to sort of calm down when you inhale you're gonna take a big inhale but you're gonna exhale slightly longer than what you're inhaling so when you want to relax you're gonna take a deep breath in and then exhale but all the way out okay and then breathe in and then a longer exhale. Now, alternatively, if it's in the middle of the day, you just had lunch, and you're going to go into a meeting, and now you're starting to fall asleep. Instead, reverse it, right? So that you're going to take a way longer inhale and a shorter exhale. Inhale again. Shorter exhale. Do yeah. that a few times, yeah. and it'll bring oxygen to your mm-hmm. brain and help mm-hmm. keep the flow. And just try it if you're ever desperate. If you're, you know, you could try that for a second. But all of that, when you are consciously breathing, you're there with your body, and you can't be in your mind with all of the other thoughts that are, you know, going around. Like I know that, you know, sometimes when you're, when you you're gonna go speak somewhere and you start to get like mm-hmm. nervous all of a sudden, yeah. it's like okay. Remember just to breathe first. Well, and it's usually not nervous so much as it's the frantic. It's like, okay, I got to have this. Right. Is, my, is my mic ready? It's like, yes. it, it, can I get in yeah. the spot? Yeah. You're right. It's not the nervousness for you. For me, it would be nervous. Well, yeah, no, no, I'm not saying it to be like a boastful. No, I'm no, saying no. that it, it, it really is where I go wrong is I know exactly what I want to say, but I'm running to the venue, you know, right. and I can't be and set. So finally, when you are talking, it sounds rushed and hurried and... You're all out of breath, right? And it's but like it's not what I want to communicate, <sighs> yeah, it's and it's usually there's sometimes nothing I can really do to stop to really help it, other than I bet everybody could could put up with two minutes of me just sitting quietly. I'm going to start trying to do that. You know, what I'm saying we can all just sit for a little bit, and we noticed this at St. Mark's Episcopal Church in in Seattle, where people from all sorts of backgrounds, people that didn't normally go to church, people that left church, people that are on drugs. Everybody just kind of wanders into this compline service and sits in this silence. And it was the first time our kids weren't bored in church, even though there were long pauses. Mm. You'd think it was boring, but that silence was precisely the opposite. It was full. So one thing, though, I also wanted to say about 36, where it talks about flexibility. A lot of people want to just do the mindfulness thing and think, well, I don't want to do the stretching. That seems a little too... Like that's yoga. I don't want to like this too Eastern or, you know, I don't need to do this practice. And even like, you know, some people into Zen meditation say, hey, it's just just sitting. Don't don't need anything else, really. Uh, maybe you contemplate a koan, but, you know, different kinds of Zen. But I really recommend, in addition to that s- stillness and quietness, 
sometimes having a little bit of a stretch, finding a way to actually stretch out your muscles, really um, allow the tension to be released from those. So you can also check in on it. And that's really where I so greatly value what you do Mm -hmm. with the yin yoga because one of the things that you said I never really understood and and I've heard a lot of yoginis uh, say is, Notice how this side feels different from the other side. Like once you, it, it always especially just makes me frustrated because what you do on one side, you always you know want right. to do I stretch on the one other hamstring to, for a few minutes. Yeah, so your left side the and left then your side. right side or whatever, and then you keep it balanced. And sometimes in, the, in between, you know, it, you know, you might point out as a or if you're ever in a class, an instructor might point out when you now worked out one side you know how does it feel compared to the other and and, and like you said sometimes it well, feels like a lot like, well, like you're I'm making me crappy. judge yeah. you know you're making me I judge was feeling all right but now, this, like, now this side sucks but it's it's it, it almost is that piece of you've got to tense some muscle before you can relax it when you have that beauty of seeing one tense side or or, or feeling and knowing it one side that's tense and still tensed up versus one that has been worked out a little bit more and how that feels and the freedom and the flexibility and it's again not to judge it but it's just to say here's where my body was at this actually flows nicely into number 77 Tao Te Ching chapter 77 talks about kind of thinking about life and and your position in it like a bowstring when you're doing a bowstring you're string in that old school do you want to read this one the holy Tao is like stringing a bow pull down the higher part pull up the lower part loosen it if it's too taut tighten it if it's slack the holy Tao likewise loosens what is too high strung and strengthens what is drooping the way of the world is different it pulls from what is lacking and adds to where there's already too much. Who is able to share overflowing abundance with the world? Only those who surf the Tao. So the sage is effective without needing to take credit, and creates without trying to own her creations. She is disinterested in virtue signaling. So this is not about looking good, if you're going to do yoga to just look <laughs> fit or like, I'm going to be a yoga champion of the world, that's not <laughs> not good. You don't want to be a yoga champion of the world. That's missing the point. And the other thing, too, is if you got an Apple Watch and you just did a yoga session, it's probably not going to register yeah. your workout. And you're <laughs> going to be like, what? Why is it? <laughs> but, but that reminds and, me. And, yeah. and, I, and I think that's the other thing, too, is, again, with all of this, if, if you are going into all of this expecting to get something out of it you're going to miss the point entirely just do it <laughs> you just have to That's be there the you just have to notice you just have to pay attention to what happens not that it's for in some kind of end goal it's all grace or that you're going to have this major insight or anything like that because if that's the way, if you if you're going in there trying to yep. search for that waiting for the insight it's just it isn't going to happen it's like sometimes when I, i've been uh, giving people gift certificates to the float lounge newport float lounge which we do not get sponsorship from but i, I love them because <laughs> they they irradiate <laughs> they put uv light on the on the water so kill kill the Mm -hmm. viruses that's become nice and handy these days but sometimes people say especially the people at the front sometimes even say well how was it and they want to know and i don't mind sharing it's good but also i sometimes feel guilty like well i didn't i didn't have some epiphany (laughs) you know um, or i you know i didn't have some religious experience or i didn't you know have an awakening or something no just 
being still in that float tank, in that water, in wherever you are in that space is the practice that you need to incorporate into your life, it will then perhaps pay dividends, I'm almost guaranteeing you, that it'll pay dividends in all sorts of other areas of your life, but that can't be why you do it. There's nothing to achieve. There's just receive the holiness that's all around you. Wake up and be aware to the holiness that is right in front of you. Be and present. The, and it was interesting. Because you are present. It's interesting because my my experience with um, the floats are a couple things. One, the very first time I struggled so much with getting like the earplugs in and yes. keeping them in. So, I mean, if if you're at all, if you ever want to try this and you're at all, like, I would just recommend you go to the, the store and just purchase your own, like the kind that, you know, for swimmer's ear and stuff like that, that, the, you know, the earwax that you put in there so you can get, get a good earplug before a nice, you go. Good, good. So that way you, yep. and also put them in while you're dry before you get wet. Yep. <laughs> That's another little thing I've learned because once you're wet, then it doesn't stick the same way. But, so my first time I went, I struggled with my ears. And yes. And this, felt like the salt water was getting in. Um, and and then uh, the next thing I noticed, okay, finally I mastered the, the ear part, right? Um, it took a while for me to ever figure out, and it wasn't until yoga I realized that I w- ever was able to relax my neck. I know I float, but there's still a piece of my neck that wants to strain and keep my head up. And I think it's just a survival thing. Right, in water. But I've learned. I know what you're saying. I mean, it's taken me a lot longer, and it, and I can feel myself and I sometimes get frustrated when I was floating even that like, why can I not relax my neck, you know? And, yeah. and they do have these little pillow things you can sometimes put in, but I didn't want to deal with something artificial trying right. to keep me up. I wanted to kind of wrestle with, pounds of Epsom salt. <laughs> with that, you know? Uh, but I, but it, that's where you do learn the truth of how hard it is to truly relax and, and literally like just know that, that you're okay. You're you're gonna be you're gonna be able to stay up. Anyway. And part of being okay in mindfulness, meditation, silent prayer is as you're checking in to recognize that you're like a bow. You pull down, pull up. If it's too taut, just loosen it. If it's too slack, if you're slouching, straighten it. You're just re rechecking in with you in the body that is you. Right. That's your anim- you're animating this body. Enjoy it and don't don't mistreat it. Love it. Why not? I love little flowers and stuff. Sometimes mm-hmm. you should love your body, goodness gracious. <laughs> but there will be th- there'll be things with your body that you'll say I don't like this. This is not the way it's supposed to be. Well, it's just either too tight or too too loose metaphorically. Well, and that's the other thing too is everybody Adjust. has different bodies. Yeah. So if we are con- if we basically say oh my body should be x y or z or or you have a way of you know feeling like you need you've now somehow in your mind normalized you know a certain body feature or something mm-hmm. like that it's it's precisely there when we are like just not accepting our bodies for who they are for what it is I, one thing um that is immediately apparent as a a yoga instructor and i'm sure there's other you know any times there's coaches and and things like that when it comes to fitness or anything you can look and see everybody's body is different we bend a little different we some people have longer arms other people have you know a longer shorter torso longer shorter legs so when we get into these positions people will look vastly different 
when they're in some of these positions. So if you're constantly comparing yourself to other people, you might think you're not doing it right. (laughs) And that's like what we do our entire lives. We look around and see, oh, this person, they seem to have this down. So I'm not doing this right. And it might be true that you have something to learn from other people. I'm not discrediting that. But I also, you don't want to discredit your own strengths where they are because what you're strong at, somebody else is going to be, you know, weaker on. And we all, all of us have, we all have something to offer. We're all different though. And our bodies are different. We look different. We act different. We all bring something to the table. If we could just love what that is and recognize that that is what we are. That will be your superpower. Yes. And therefore, this action without action, this Wu Wei, is not just to be still. It's to be still and then tap back into that power, that animating life force that is in you and that flows through the whole world. Right. It's in, with, and under everything. Yeah. And, uh, and... Like in our tradition, we are told, you are the temple of the Holy yeah. Spirit. You are the body of Christ. You are like the... You are the kingdom itself. Right. It's not in some building or an institution. It's right there, right in you. And this is why, Stacy, you talk about that. That's like, especially with... You know, on Wednesday nights, you talk about that in the Christian tradition. Um, yeah. How how the the temple of the Holy Spirit, when we grew up, it was always don't eat bad foods, <laughs> which is true, right? In a roundabout way, right? But not the things like oh, don't have sex or don't have bad food or don't smoke cigarettes. Right. The temple of the Holy Spirit, yeah. <laughs> but you're the presence of the Holy. That's it, that's starting with it's starting with judgment. Yeah. <laughs> And to tell you how your temple should look. <laughs> and it's backwards, you know. Once you are fully connected with who you are, your body, that you are unconditionally loved, and then you have that complete and total, you know, acceptance, right? Yes. That then you will treat yourself better, <laughs> you know, that you will take care of that temple. Uh, yeah. It flows naturally from... If from you, all of that, if not, you recognize it as not, a temple, you're not trying to, with all your grit and might and everything yeah. else, darn it, make this temple holy. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's an approach people often try, and I don't ever see it working. No, it might of, no. it might temporarily look like it's working, and it might make you feel better for a second, but it doesn't hold up. No. It doesn't last. I'd like to go back to a poem that I wrote after having you walk me through a yin practice you did a person like since i'm married to you Mm -hmm. you tried out a yin uh stretching hour you guided me through it and i thank you for it It was wonderful and i wrote this poem Mm. because i wasn't in the mood to do it in fact you were just trying to do it i'm like okay i gotta do this stacy needs me to try out her her thing you know (laughs) and this is what i wrote i call it education in yin it's a poem from December 19, uh, I'm sorry, December 2019. Posted on DowSurfers.com, by the way. You can go check us out at DowSurfers.com. We're also at ProtectYourNoggin.org. We're also at ProtectYourNoggin.org, of course, for our show notes. This particular podcast episode, you'll also see show notes, the things we mentioned 
on that page. We also have a dowser for his YouTube channel. You can always yes. click subscribe. We bounce around. Those are two <laughs> those are two monikers that'll help you find us. Also, I if you are here and you've you've listened to us this far, yes. would you hit some kind of like button, give us rate us, you know, five stars or a comment a or spread a word, whatever way you can show any We work love. for tips. You can also <laughs> become a patron. Every once in a while through Patreon we'll shut it down if we're kind of going slow, but we we do like to keep our our friends when I say we shut it down we shut down like we don't sometimes collect for a couple months if we just want to be patient and quiet and not do productivity because part of the thing is you, you we need people to support us well, so it, that we can pay for the you know like the it costs uh, money to yeah for the whole hosting the, the podcast and all the, the equipment, equipment and just the, the time because it's a thing to do but but it's a it's a labor of love um, but you know, so sometimes we feel bad. Like we just want to do it. We don't want to do it as a job, but we do work for tips, right? Like so right. when we're playing, when we're just playing our costs, helps mitigate yeah. some of our costs. Um, and then also, once you know, <laughs> once we kick this COVID thing, uh, do consider you know bringing us out. We can do all sorts of things. I do a lot of talking, but Stacy can <laughs> can really, I think, um, bring bring some of this into a space. So if you have a retreat, you got a bachelorette party. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to go out, you know, drinking. You want to do something else? Or first you want to do what Stacy can do with you, and then you guys can go out drinking. Maybe Stacy will join you, but, like, you'll be more mindful as you have your Mai Tais. My point is, um, help help us out by letting us help you out a little bit um, and, and spread the love as we do for everybody, our musicians <laughs> and everything. All right. No, but, sorry for that shameless yes, plug. Yes, <laughs> no, it's all right. But you can find this and other poems that I write on occasion. And these poems, by the way, come out of mindfulness and meditation and prayer and all of this stuff. And it's not like I'm really interested in the literary quality. It's sometimes poems, you'll get to a space when, when you're in this place, poems are easier to to use as a form or genre to communicate right. these insights or perspectives and they're usually shorter here's mine you don't have to say it but i want to hear it i'm in that kind of space lay it out later i might take offense now i'll be glad and receive and let gravity make its ever subtle adjustments now, Stacey, when we end, we talk about peace upon peace. Yeah. And I bet people are going, I don't have peace. Why are they trying to tempt me with this thing? You don't get to have peace in this life. There's just like, you know, weariness. And what are they saying? What is this nonsense, this hippie jargon? Yeah. When you think to kind of bring all of this together, mm-hmm. what does peace upon peace have to do with breathing? So I knew in my life that try as I might, I didn't have any peace. And I must say, I don't have peace all the time. A lot of time. There's a lot of time I don't have peace. Uh, But where I find the peace, the part when I recognize for a second there that I am out of whack, it's when I can stop what I'm doing. It's when I can find the stillness and I can breathe. It is in those moments that I am able, and you know, I, you know, I find where the true struggles are. It does come to me in there, and I'm not looking for that, but it does come up, and I see the pieces where my life is out of whack. And you're at peace almost with that reality. Yes, and that you don't it's war against it. Confronting that reality, and it's not that I'm not 
struggling with it. I'm not trying to get rid of it. I'm not trying. I'm just noticing it. In a place of trust. Yeah, that that I can be at peace. This is where I'm at. This is the reality of exactly what is going on right now. Mindfulness helps you to not war against reality. Warring against reality is sin. You know, so many times you hear in like with our relationships and things like that, so-and-so is not doing X, Y, or Z. You know what? They're not doing X, Y, or Z. Guess what? They're not doing X, Y, or Z. You just face that reality. Now, what do you want to do about it? Do you, you know, do, is this important? Do you need to make some changes? Do we need, you know, do we need those people in our lives? You know, who knows? But all with this piece of like, I'm not crazy because, because that's the other thing too. Sometimes we need to talk to somebody and tell them all these things that are going on because it's like, why, how could this be happening? And why are they doing this? And it's just not fair. You know what? It's not fair. (laughs) It really isn't fair. But it's being able to see that and to feel like, okay, I'm not being bamboozled here. I'm not being gaslit. This is my reality. This is what is happening. And also, it doesn't, it's not, it's not me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, who is, who is me? What is, what is there? That's when I find that peace. I find that peace when I am able to, I don't feel like I'm as crazy um, in that I'm able to, you know, recognize what is the truth. Well, and you awaken, you awaken your true self. Yeah. And when I said that warring against truth or the reality that you face Mm -hmm. is sin, I'm not saying don't do that listener because you're sinning. If you don't do what we say, I'm saying that when you hear the word sin, redefine it as warring against reality. Mm -hmm. You are loved. Sin isn't, something that you get punished for doing because you're out of step with reality. It's the pain that you feel when you're out of step with reality. Right. Because you then aren't, you're and, feel- the harm you cause. and you're feeling broken. You're not yep. feeling whole. You're not feeling connected and you're probably causing discomfort or real suffering to other people. Right. So that that's that. But once you can see how that's happening in peace without judgment, and saying, Hineni, Hineni, I'm ready, my Lord. And sometimes what got? all you can do is sit there and breathe. <sighs> you know, like there's, this is, this is it. <laughs> and that breath. Is where you find that deep peace upon peace, friends. Thank you so much, friends, for joining us for this episode of the Protect Your Noggin podcast. You want to join in on the conversation? We'd love to respond to your questions or comments on a future show. You can record a message by going to protectyournoggin.org and clicking on the blue voice message button. And don't worry about getting it perfect since you'll have five minutes and a chance to preview your message before sending. You can also send an email if you're not comfortable with leaving a voice message. Please also follow us on Twitter at the PYNP. And rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you found this show of any help, uh, why not share it with a friend? Until next time, peace upon peace, friends. But he said there wasn't any letter. He said I was going out of my mind. Not going out of your mind. You're slowly and systematically being driven out of your mind. Why? Why? Perhaps because you found this letter low too much.